welcome to another edition of the official Wigan Warriors podcast brought to you by the Skinny Food Co. I'm Joe Mills and I'm delighted to introduce my co-host Alistair Hancock. Thanks Joe. Each episode we discuss a different topic to give you an insight to what it's like to be part of the Wigan Warriors Club. And this week we are talking all things Wigan Warriors women. Yes, we'll be speaking to the Wigan Warriors Centre and England International Georgia Wilson and also to Tom Marsh, the assistant coach of the women's team, to get their take on how this season is going. So Georgia and Tom, welcome to the Wigan Warriors podcast. Thank you for, for joining us. First of all, how are you? Okay, good, thank yeah, you. Good, thank all you. <coughs> Second question, are you both Wigan fans? Of course, yes, yeah. absolutely. What is it, what's it like to be part of a, a club, working for a club that you support? Tom, you want to go first? Yeah, it's, I've been probably a fan since I was young. I always remember watching all, all the games on Sky. I, I used to pretend I was them, I'd just run up and down the front room. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great privilege to be honest, like working for a club like this, it's massive. Just all the op- different opportunities going around the club, like working for the women, that, uh, then they're getting the foundation, it's like, a great privilege really for myself. Yeah, same with me really. I, I wasn't ever a rugby league fan until I started playing for the women's team four years ago. Yeah. Um, but since then, I've just fallen in love with the club um, and I love every minute of it. And like, I've been trying to get my foot in the door for quite a while, <laughs> trying to get a job here. So I'm pleased <laughs> to have finally got a job working with the, the foundation, doing something I love with the kids, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, you've been part of the women's team since 2018 yeah. uh, and of course you were part of the team that won the, the Women's Super League Grand Final in that debut season. What was that like? That must have been pretty special. Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. Honestly, the best day of my life. I, I can't tell you how good it was. The fact that the 19s won it, we won it and the men won it all in, all in the same day was even better. Yeah. Um, but for our first season, quite a few people had changed from Rugby Union to Rugby League including myself, yeah. learning the game, uh, to be honest, in the grand final, I probably still didn't even know how the game went, you know, I still didn't know the rules, but it was just, it was just absolutely amazing, and, and we got about a thousand spectators there, which was, which was brilliant for the day, and a lot of support for us, and it was absolutely incredible. Now, I mean, as a club, we have a, a proud link with, uh, with Cumbria, where you're from, uh, and as you said, you alluded to, you played rugby union for Preston Grasshoppers, what was the catalyst for you to change codes in your Um Mainly just because I was at UCLan. Yeah. Um, Stu <clears throat> Wilkinson was Amanda's, well, still is Amanda's husband, and yeah. Amanda was our coach at the time. Um, I didn't know Amanda, um, and a friend of mine who played rugby league for UCLan, he said, oh, the women are having a tri- trial. You should go down and check it out, because in rugby, in rugby union, I like to take charge. I was out on the wing or in centre, like running about yeah. fast. And he was like, you'd be good at that. You should, you should try it. And my boyfriend said the same. He played for St. Pat's at the time. And he said, right. you should get yourself down there and try it out. And I was always like, oh no, I'm not going to rugby <laughs> league. I'll stick to union. Um, my dad's a big union fan. Um, so I just thought, Do you know what? It's worth a try. I'm not going li- to, I like to take up any opportunity I'm given. So I thought I'd give it a try and I'll not look back. Really. What was it yeah. like that change moving to, from union to league? Hard really hard yeah. i've only ever watched rugby union and really i don't actually think i'd watched a game of rugby league before mm. i went wow. um well. and i did say that and i said I'd, i don't i don't think i'll i don't know how i'm gonna go because i've never seen rugby league i don't know what to do and actually in the trials there was one point where you meant to get back 10 meters in defense <laughs> <laughs> and i was like stood right there ready to defend you know like at the rook that they do in the union um, it was it was really difficult but the girls around me helped me out massively. There was times where they obviously got frustrated, like I would get frustrated with myself for doing it wrong, mm. but 
they all helped me out and I think Amanda and, and Stu were quite understanding when they came to coach as well. So um, it was hard, but I'm glad I did it. Mm. Tom, you're one of the assistant coaches yeah. uh, for the women's team. Your first season so far, I believe, yeah, in the women's team. it should have been last year, but since yeah. COVID, it got completely cancelled. Yeah. So, yeah, first, first like, full season. How's it going so far? Yeah, really enjoying it, to be honest. Uh, complete different challenge. Like, I've only ever uh, sort of coached lads, so it's a completely different challenge for me, which I've really enjoyed, to be honest. So I, I, co I was coaching with the scholarship before I, I moved over to the women's. Uh, I still am as well and just really enjoying sort of the, the change of like sort of helping the young lads get to where they want to be and then helping these sort of win more grand finals and hopefully get into the challenge cups yeah. in the future so and also bringing the uh, the young girls as well trying to get a pathway for them mm. along the line I mean as you alluded to last year was cancelled mm. tough very tough how was that for you? I mean, that must have been really tough. I mean, you know, when you, you're prime, you're ready to go, you can't wait for it to start and then gone. Yeah, I think it was really difficult um, for a lot of girls, but myself, we'd just been on tour. We'd been to the Nines in Sydney with England and then yeah. went to Papua New Guinea and that, and that was such a high. I loved every single minute of that tour. And then to come straight back, well, I did go travelling after that, but come back from travelling straight into lockdown, knowing that our season was mo probably going to be cancelled at the start. Yeah. I said, oh, maybe it'll start later, but... In my head, I knew full well we weren't going to be playing, but I think it was just down to the girls, like sticking with each other and trying to push each other to, mm. to work hard and do all your fitness. So pre-season wasn't as difficult for us because yeah. we knew it was going to be hard. A lot of Zoom workouts, weren't there? Loads yeah. of Zoom yeah. workouts, yeah. I was going to come on to that. What, what were those Zoom sessions like as a, as a full squad? Was it like daily or was it weekly? Like, what, what were they like? I think at the beginning of the lockdown, we kind of yeah. took it upon ourselves to... We split into little groups and made Facebook groups. So there was mm. six in each group and each day we'd do Tabata workouts and there was literally nothing else to do when we were fully locked yeah. down at the beginning. Um, so it was nice to have our teammates there and have a chat, you know, ask them what they're doing. I mean, yeah. what they're doing for the day, not mm -hmm. much, but... Um, and then a bit later on yeah. we went into full must, team. Yeah, it must Zoom. have been a few, a few months down the line. Uh, we ended up like going up like doing Zoom workouts, which... Again, you sort of your circuit type workouts, your, uh, your fitness stuff, and then we was uh, in our garages, in our kitchens with a rugby ball, trying to show these guys what mm. we wanted, and we was we were never used to having ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, it, it, uh, was it was good. It was a lot very different, but yeah. kept it was, us sane, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was good at the time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with you know, well now you've been given the green light, um, and you had your pre-season. Uh, contact training. How was it difficult to adapt to that? Because obviously there was loads of new rules brought in, obviously with COVID and everything. How was, was that difficult to adapt to? I think the girls have adapted really well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in training, you, you just work as hard as you have been anyway. Mm. You're just focusing on, yeah. we did a lot of skill-based stuff, um, yeah. just focusing on that. And when we got to the games, obviously the girls had done some revision and knew what they needed to do and I don't think it's affected us massively to be no. honest. Um, just fitness levels need to be much, much higher, which they are. Yeah. You'll see that in the, yeah. all of the Women's Super League, I think the standard is just getting better in terms of fitness and skill. So yeah. I think everyone in the Super League knows that. Mm. Zoom workouts have paid off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have. yeah. And after, you know, 14 months away, you finally got back to it on the pitch, uh, I think in the middle of April, a big win over Warrington. What was that like? Question to both of you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, it, it was really good. Like, it was, what was it my second game in charge? But like, with it being an actual competitive game, mm. as the first one was the, the friendly against Widnes, 
And but like, being at the with it being the first uh, Super League game, it was like, a great feeling to go go away and win. Really enjoyed. I'm pretty sure you were more nervous than us as well. I was, yeah, I was, I was really. Was. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was really good, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. We didn't know what to expect. We've had a quite a few new girls coming in, mm. some from Union as well, some from when we played in 2018 have come back. Um, so there have been quite a big, few big changes yeah, in the squad. Um, so it, we, we didn't know what to expect from the girls as a team and stuff. But we've just said we need to do what we do best, work as a team and just listen to the halves. Yeah. And, it, and it did pay off. Everyone did yeah. really well together and we worked really well as a team. Yeah. yeah. You scored four tries in that game. Is that right? I scored five, yeah. Five, yeah. <laughs> five, yeah. <laughs> get it right. Yeah. Get your five yeah. try. <laughs> no, I did, yeah. yeah. But what was that like scoring? Scoring so many tries in one game? I didn't expect it, obviously. Yeah, I never yeah. expected to, to score a try. It just happens. Um, I think it's credit to the inside players. It always got shipped out wide, and that's where we saw the space. So mm. there was a few tries where I had to work for it and step inside so I could get a little bit closer to the posts. Um, but it was credit mm. to the halves and everyone else that worked hard. <laughs> I just, you know, the wingers always get all the, yeah. all the credit, don't they? All the glory for the hard work in the middle, but it was really, yeah, really good. Yeah, obviously a little setback going out to York in the Challenge mm -hmm. Cup. Um, but again, question to both of you. What are your sort of uh, your goals and your aims for, for the season ahead? Tom? Well, for me, it would be to go out there and win it, hopefully. Yeah. Just, that's it. And just hopefully get out there, win it, do as best as we can in the next couple of fixtures, I know our next one's uh, Saints, uh, get, uh, again over at Victoria Park, so that's looking for, looking to be a good game, and I'm really looking forward to that one, first day I'd be being involved with the women's team. So. Mm. Yeah, I agree, obviously, unfortunately we're at the Challenge Cup now, mm. we've just got to focus on the league, um, league leaders, that's what we want to be at, at the end of the season, mm. and obviously win the grand final if we get there, but just got to focus on every week, take every step as it comes, mm. and focus on St Helens now, and then... Moving on to the next game after that, we've had a couple of, not I wouldn't say easier games, but not as competitive. Mm -hmm. Then we're moving on to Saints, Leeds and Cast straight after each other. So we know the next few weeks are going to be really tough, but our, our work will hopefully pay off. Mm. I mean, have you seen an improvement in all the teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah massively. Yeah. Um, just from watching the games, I think the standard, like I said, is getting better and... And going to England training on Saturday, they're doing fit fitness testing and we have GPS trackers and yeah. just seeing the comparison to even the 2017 World Cup, they've got, they've got um, stats from then and we've just come on massively and hopefully yeah. getting towards Australia as mm. well on the England squad. So hopefully, yeah, the Super League will be better all the way through the season. Mm. Well, brilliant. Thank you for, for now anyway. Uh, Charlotte, we'll talk more with George and Tom about the working together uh, together in the uh, Community Foundation and also looking at the women's game in, uh, more generally as well. Yeah, but uh, we also caught up with Georgia and Tom's colleague uh, and the Community Foundation, uh, Representative Rachel Thompson. Uh, the women's captain spoke to us about the Rugby League Junior Camps, which were hosted by the uh, Community Foundation and they took place recently here at the Robin Park Arena. Um, we've got um, our camps on um, for Tuesday and Wednesday we've got uh, four different amateur clubs running so here at St Pat's, uh, Ince, St Cuthbert's and St Jude's uh, we've got a camp on at each and then Thursday Friday we've got our, our camps down at Robin Park. We always run camps obviously over the half terms um, it's a really good way for kids to 
get involved in the game and you know give them a bit of bit of fun doing that. But obviously more so because of COVID and you know they haven't had they haven't had any any time to actually play any rugby for so long. So I think it's been really important that we get down to to the amateur clubs um, and give a bit back to them, considering how long some of these kids haven't haven't actually played rugby. So that was important for us. Obviously, it's, it's good to see any any rugby league back, but. Um, you can tell the kids have missed it um, they're just so eager they want to do everything but we've got kids from five years old to up to 12 um, so it it's really really wide age uh, group for us and it, it's been really good we always open it up to to everyone and we always get you know a fair amount of girls just as many if not more these days than, than we do with with the boys so it, it's really good that you know it is for everyone so we've been quite quite lucky um, this time that we've, we've got our students in, involved, um, so us coaches have have been sort of steering them in the right direction. So here today we've got three three girls from from the college who have really stepped up and are helping uh, coach the kids. It gives them some experience, but they can learn off off us coaches as well. Um, just you know playing games, teaching them some skills. Um, it's been really good. The World Cup being in England is massive, massive for everyone, uh, just as much as as it is for the, the nations, um, you know, it, it's just a big for the kids out here that, you know, can, can see it live and get involved with it, so it should be really good game. Rachel Thompson there. Uh, now, George, you like Rachel, you also, and Tom, you both work for the uh, the Community Foundation and the player camps are an example of, of that work you do. Um, just tell us about your roles as community coaches. Tom, if you want to go first. Yeah, so how I actually started working for the foundation was uh, I did some volunteering. I was actually on the courses at the Education Academy. Right. And then uh, it sort of got asked to us if we wanted to volunteer, so I took the opportunity as it were there. And then just sort of progressed on from there. I ended up uh, doing an apprenticeship there. Uh, then just ended up in a full-time role. Now I'm one of the development officers. Uh, just really, really great. Not every day you can say you turn out to work and you're like you're working for one of your favourite clubs. So yeah, it's it's really good. And that you have a you just have a good laugh. Like mm. working with people as daft as Georgia and as daft <laughs> as Rachel and. <laughs> Uh, it's just really good and really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, I love it as well. Obviously, I've only just started, so I've been here since April, done April, May, and halfway through June. So, I've done a few half term camps, mm. Easter camps, and I'm loving every minute of that. And just going into school as well and, and delivering PE. And in a primary school, I think it, PE is a, a subject which is neglected a little mm. bit because we don't have just PE teachers in yeah, primary school. Yeah. So, we appreciate. Mm schools bringing us in t to teach their PE lessons um, so you know varies each day we'll go to different I think schools. My PE teacher was a middle-aged <laughs> woman. Yeah. <laughs> well it's right though yeah, isn't it? it? That's, what, is. that's what it can Well be at like. my primary school they used to just put a tape on and say do what the tape says. Yeah. I was just <laughs> swaying like a tree. <laughs> um, but it's just really good to see and you know primary schools around here have never done rugby before. Right. This this yeah. term we've been in delivering rugby and teaching them the, the basics and the core skills, yeah. and I think they've absolutely loved it. And our aim is then to try and get them to community clubs and right. progress mm -hmm. them onto that. 
Just Tom as well, just touch on, I know you touched on it before about the scholarship, you work for the, the scholarship team as well, yeah, yeah. as well as the women and then the community as well. Is it fair to say you've got three three job titles yeah, there? Yeah, <laughs> my, my, my working week's quite busy, like, yeah. like I would say, working with the scholarship, the women's side of it and then the community, it's just relentless, non-stop, but mm. I don't think I'd have any any other way to be honest. I mean, did you get into coaching through obviously playing yourself? Is that something that you wanted to get involved in? Yeah, um, yeah, since a young age, I've always wanted to be a PE teacher. Right. But obviously, high school is really where I'd have to go if yeah. I wanted to be a PE teacher. Mm. I didn't want to teach high school children every day, all day in the same school. So this opportunity came up in mm. different schools every day with primary school children right. who are a little bit more enthusiastic about what you do. So I thought, I've got to take it and, yeah, like I said, back a little bit. Mm. Question to both of you, what, what are the rewards of, of coaching? What, what do you get the pleasure out of, of coaching? For me it's just seeing, like, like George mentioned it, like seeing a little four or five year old in a primary school, then going on to let's say your St Pat's clubs, your old St James's and then coming down to our camps and just seeing them progress on through the game and becoming like superstars like your Ollie Partington's, your Morgan mm. but just people like that, that's what, that's what gets me that's what I really like seeing, it's a bit Yeah, I think just obviously I've not seen many children progress yet, mm. not being here long, but even just in the few months I have been here, you can see them, even just their core skills like catching, uh, catching and passing, you know, they've really improved on that and it's just, just so good to see them having fun and enjoying themselves in lessons because, you know, they probably did just do tapes mm. in PE before we got there. So doing something different and mixing it up every week, it's just good to see them enjoying themselves. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and obviously, do you feel there's a, a real emphasis now on on physical fitness? Because we are, to put it one way, we're dealing with an Xbox generation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and particularly coming off the back of what we've just all been through as well, um, is the emphasis pretty much on that as well, first and foremost? Just getting people out there. And yeah, that, that's probably <clears throat> something that we struggle with quite a lot. Yeah, like, definitely. Well, obviously, since the past year or so. Yeah. But like, when we've been doing our camps, it's oh, what are you doing on your on your Xboxes, your Playstations, and what are you watching this on your YouTubes and things like that. Yeah. And that that's just one of the barriers that we're dealing with at the moment. Yeah. It's probably just because of the the situation that we're in. It upsets me a little bit mm. because knowing when I was that young, I used to just go out yeah. and play with my mates. Yeah. No matter what yeah. night it was, was whether exactly it was rain or You couldn't sunny. get me in. No, no, mum would go, come in when the lights were out. No, you come out and now it's, you coming out? Yeah, no. no. Yeah. And a lot of parents have actually said to us it's just been a real struggle to actually get them out. So yeah. to have these camps on, they've said how much they've appreciated yeah. having a reason for them to get out yeah. and come and, and socialise with yeah. other children. Yeah. Okay, let's move back to the women's game now. Now, of course, the World Cup's coming up at the end of this year, and of course, England is hosting. Now, for you, Georgia, how far do you feel that the, the women's team can go in that tournament? Yeah, I think we've got a really good chance. Like I say, we're comparing stats to 2017, just mm. from training, and, mm. and obviously, it's not just about fitness levels and how far you can run or how fast you can run, but obviously, it's a big factor. And we know that Australia women are probably another level right now but we can definitely get up to their level um, yeah. we've got a lot of support in England we've got coaching staff we've got physios everyone nutritionists always there to help us out always on the end of the phone if we needed anything um, so I just think and as well I think people are more committed now I'm not saying they weren't back in 2017 yeah but I think 
there's a lot more competition and, and more girls that are, have got their headset on rugby. Yeah. And seeing that the rugby the rugby league World Cups in England, I think loads more girls are thinking, right, I wanna be there and maybe not maybe not twenty twenty one, but twenty twenty five, that's where I wanna be. So and that's just pushing girls on as well. It's good to see not not just girls, but loads loads more people participating in rugby. Like we say, going in primary schools, mm. influencing them to go to the community clubs. Mm. Just want the participation levels to rise as well. With regards to Australia, I mean, we know they're usually the benchmark in the in the women's and the men's game. In 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 regard to the women's game, um, is it because they have they been doing this kind of thing longer than England have in that regard? I think they just get more support. Rugby league yeah. is much bigger over there. Yeah. You know, rugby rugby union is probably bigger than rugby league over here. Yeah. Um, and I think I actually think some of them get paid as part time athletes anyway. So right. that's a massive thing. Yeah. Only having to work part time and train part time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, our support's getting bigger and better. So I think we will be there, and we've got a very good chance in the World Cup to to win it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think I really do think they've got a good chance this year. Like from uh, speaking with Georgia, Rachel, and Becky, uh, just some of the effort that they've been putting it in, like putting in. I've even joined in with a few sessions myself, mm. and they've not been enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I really do think they've got a good chance. Like, mm. I think Australia need to be worried. Yeah. <laughs> um, for yourself, Georgie, you know you mentioned it before. You represented England before in in 2019. Um, you must have personal aspirations to get back there this year in, in the squad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, I want to focus on Wigan as well this season. So mm. Wigan really would be probably one of my main priorities and hopefully get to the grand final. Yeah. And then out of that, hopefully get selected for the World Cup because it would just be incredible to, to play in front of a home crowd, hopefully if crowds can be there. Mm. Um, and you know, with family being able to come and watch when we're at the nines, obviously my family really couldn't travel over. They've got work commitments and family at home, so it was nice to have a crowd there. But obviously they weren't supporting us, so it'd be, it'd be quite nice yeah. to get there and, and and play in an England shirt with with all your mates from England in front of an England crowd in England. So <laughs> very That's patriotic. England, yeah. <laughs> just to, just touch on that though. Like, what's it like to represent your country? What does it mean to you personally? Oh, it's amazing. Honestly, singing the national anthem. I nearly cried whilst I was singing it. Mm. It just felt amazing, and and I know my family are so proud as well, and and it's just nice to hear it from them. You know, they they, they call me up after the the nines tournament. Um, obviously, I scored a try against Australia, and my mum and dad were absolutely buzzing mm. for me. I know we didn't win, but you know we move on and hopefully win next time. Um, but it's just nice, and and you feel so proud. Like I say, I nearly cried when we were singing the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much it means to me, yeah. Well, I mean, with both tournaments going on at the same time, Tom, it's a real chance to leave a legacy for, for, for rugby league and, and, and hopefully both the men's and the women's game yeah. can kick on after that. Yeah, definitely. I think that, look, looking at the like the English like, sort of men, men playing at the moment, like, I think they really have a good chance as well yeah. going into this. Like, again, your Australia, New Zealand, they are a... Like, let's say, your, your bigger sides. Who, but I, I really think that they'll have a good chance, especially under Sean Wine as well. I think That gap's it, been getting closer and closer yeah, all the time, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I think under Sean Wayne as well, I think he, well, you, mm. you'll, everyone knows what he's like from yeah, being yeah. at Wigan. And, <laughs> yeah. But I think under his leadership, I think they've definitely got a good, good chance. And what are your personal hopes for the women's game after this World Cup, George? Do you want to like, really put it more on the map? I mean, for example, <clears throat> I mean, given the climate that we're in at the moment, getting more and more um, coverage, particularly for, for the football for women, 
It's got to be some point down the line where women playing rugby are going to have to be being paid, surely. It's ridiculous. Yeah, obviously that we, we do it because we love it. Yeah. And getting paid would be an a, a extra bonus. Yeah. Um, I think at this moment in time, I don't think that'll happen for another few years yet. Um, it might do. Why do, why do you say that? I just think we're quite a long way off. Right. Um, at the minute, it's getting obviously much better. We've been we've got one one game streamed every weekend on mm -hmm. Twitch. Yeah. But that's one out of four. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're making small steps and we are getting there. And obviously, the the Challenge Cup final this weekend on BBC, which is brilliant. Yeah. I think how many thousand people watched our game think, um, against Warrington? Ten to twenty thousand. Yeah. At, at one. At that's one time live on Twitch, and that was yeah. just really good. To hear from yeah, yeah. you know it might not even be people that are interested in women's rugby yeah. they just want to watch it to see what it's like and mm. i think it's good for us to be able to put on a show and show people what we can do yeah um, and i think people are actually impressed with what, what we what mm. we can do so hopefully yeah like I say in the next few years even if it's just part-time or getting paid like playing fees just to help out a little bit here and there because it's got to happen, hasn't it? It's a it? big I mean, commitment. I yeah, think it's going to be sooner than you think. Mm. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. I think with all the the, like the push that the World Cup's having in, uh, around the women's game as well, that's, sure. yeah. I think I think it'll yeah. be sooner than you think. I think it's just a big England commitment. win it, of course. I yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, where would we go after that? I mean, exactly. you've got to say, well, come on. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think the game, the women's game in particular, what do you think it can do to promote itself more? Is it more to the clubs? Is it, is it the players? What, what do you think it can, it can I, do? I think it's like... Mainly media, like yeah. we're lucky we've got you guys that yeah. pr promote our, our um, success or whatever on, on Instagram and Facebook, um, but <coughs> not every club has that, mm. not every club has big, like a big fan base, I know Castleford have a massive fan base for the women as well, um, and their media is on point as well, mm. and I think every club in the Women's Super League should, should get that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I genuinely just think it's down to the media and obviously the players need to realise what they're committing to. Mm. I know it's quite a big commitment at the moment, but I think there's, you know, like younger players that come from amateur level and come up to the Super League that realise how big of a step it is, yeah. not necessarily just in the playing rugby, it's the, it's the, the standards, yeah. what, what, we're, what we're asking from them. Yeah. So, you know, players need to set that, that level and hopefully then media and everything else will help push it on. Mm. Let's hope so. Uh, no, thank you for joining us today. That is the end of the uh, the podcast. Thank you for you know for for joining us and uh, being being on tonight. Lovely. Thanks for having Brilliant. us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers. And as always, thank you for watching or thank you for listening. Uh, so from Alistair and myself, until next time, bye bye. <laughs>